and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited this week to bring you a really interesting episode on the topic of wellness gurus and what they are doing to our obsession with health, a really interesting aspect of diet culture. So my guest this week was Courtney Farrow, who is a dietitian from Melbourne and her business is called No Green Smoothies. I just love that name. She contacted me after kind of losing it and apparently swearing at her computer one night when she came across a news article from Pete Evans, who <laughs> you will hear more about Pete Evans, but good old paleo Pete is very at criticising dietitian profession and advice. So his latest uh, perler in the news was him saying that eating three meals a day is a construction of big food and being pushed by unethical dietitians who just want to make everyone stay unhealthy and get fat. So, <laughs> yeah, so Courtney contacted me kind of yeah, saying, please let me come on the podcast and rant about this because we need to be speaking out. And, and I agree. There's so much misinformation going on about nutrition and especially from, I don't know, I guess you call them tribes or maybe cults like Paleo Pete that is really not contributing much to everybody's health and well-being, but seriously seems to be increasing rates of disordered eating and orthorexia. So I found this episode really fascinating to sort of chat through with Courtney, the consequences of misinformation, like what Pete is spreading and particularly what is that doing to clients, you know, and how literally very dangerous this is. This is not just a harmless occupation to start spouting off weird facts about how and what we should eat, but it's doing damage and we're overlooking medical problems and eating disorder problems all in this so-called health and wellness. Well, I'm just going to call it an obsession. Anyway, I will get off my soapbox and let you listen to the interview now. Towards the end of our discussion, you will hear my daughter, Lola, who is six years old, hop in and demand to watch Peppa Pig. And there was no way of editing that out. So in the spirit of doing things imperfectly and, and authentically, you will really hear that I am doing this podcast during the school holidays. So enjoy. I hope you love the conversation. So Courtney, welcome. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Louise. So what's firing you up this week? Well, this week I've sat down at my computer and read this really interesting article that's actually got me swearing and screaming and throwing things across the room about Pete Evans saying that eating three meals a day is really unhealthy. Oh, Pete Evans. Yes, he's a serial offender, <laughs> especially to the dietetics profession. So for international people listening, Pete Evans is a celebrity chef, I guess, and he his background actually is he had a chain of really popular pizza restaurants all around Sydney, and then he got himself on TV onto a show called My Kitchen Rules where he's like the guest judge kind of thing, judging people's foods. So that's how he kind of got known, isn't it? Yeah, um, and he used to be an ambassador for Weight Watchers, which is a diet company. He, and then at one point he was a figurehead for veganism and then he settled on paleo. So he's the kind of the Australian figurehead for 
paleo. Yeah, he's known as Paleo Pete in Australia and he's very notorious for being very out there and, and very vocal against what he calls big food, the influence of big food. You know, they're trying to poison us and we all need to eat like cavemen. Yes. Which is, yes, so that's the paleo way. <laughs> yeah, and he's like wildly popular, isn't he? He's just got... I mean, over a million followers. He talks all the time about his tribe and literally never shuts up about how we need to be eating. So what did you see in this article that you saw? So he, as well as kind of running a Facebook page all about the paleo diet, he has a 10-week online program called the Paleo Way. And so obviously it's something that you pay for. And it used to be just pure paleo. And now it's paleo, low-carb, high-fat. And what I saw in this article was on top of paleo slash low carb, high fat slash keto, he's now saying we're introducing intermittent fasting into the program and that he intermittent fasts every day. So he only has one or two meals a day. And that is much, much healthier than eating three meals a day plus or minus some snacks because really the whole notion of eating three meals a day was just created by the food industry to keep you wanting their food and to keep you sick of that. Oh, my God. So lovely conspiracy theory there. Yes. Alongside, like, he's up to the ante. He's like, I take this diet, I raise it by two diets, and I don't call it a diet. And if you're fasting every day, is that intermittent or is that just fasting? If you're having kind of one meal a day, it's kind of intermittent. Or I guess if he's having one to two, then that's where the intermittent comes in. Yeah, but I it's, think it's yeah. something I have to do every day or, you know, is pretty much regular. <laughs> yes. Oh. yes. But he's not just the, the figurehead of one diet. He's trying to kind of align with two and now three diet tribes, which is just ridiculous. And it's not the first time I've seen it happen either, which is really concerning. Mm. Happen with him or with other wellness gurus? The person that I'm thinking of isn't a wellness guru. It's a friend of a friend who was vegan and then decided to be a keto vegan. Sorry, what's a keto vegan? (laughs) (laughs) Keto is like a very extreme version of low carb, high fat. So you have almost zero carbs at all. Like a piece of fruit would be taking you over your carb allowance for the day. And on top of that, you've got to be vegan. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. So you're, you've got a friend who started off, that's the similar pattern that we're seeing here, right? You start off with one and then you kind of increase the reach of the diet labels, but they seem to be getting more restrictive. Yeah. And it's about, like you touched on before, not labeling it as a diet. It's a lifestyle or quote unquote wellness, mm, mm. which is what's that really so getting fired up. Yeah. Oh, I think we're on the same page. We see this as the opposite of wellness. Like <laughs> if yeah. you have a massive bunch of rules, that's really restrictive and not based on science, but sort of based on weird out there theories from people who aren't qualified, like pizza chef. He does have a quote unquote nutritionist degree and he calls himself a health coach. And I'm doing air quotes here. because Yeah, I can feel them. <laughs> center of integrative health I think so I think the course is about six grand and it's it's a couple of weeks and in Australia this is the problem with the term health coach or nutritionist it's not a regulated term so you don't know if someone's done a two-day course or a couple of week course like our good mate Pete has 
or if someone's gone to uni and studied it full-time for a couple of years yeah so, so I don't have to ask but yeah that your yeah. opinion on that is that obviously someone who's been to university and been exposed to the scientific method and the full breadth of the information is going to be more knowledgeable than someone who's done a two-week online course yes yeah but you know what you're just saying that because you're bought by big food <laughs> oh absolutely and this this is the other thing about pet evans is that he will make us out to be the devil us as in dietitians collectively because mm. i am a DAA dietitian which means that i yeah. pay a membership to i pay to have a membership at the dietitians association of australia and i'm assumed to be bought out by big food which means mm. obviously you can't listen to anything i say because it's biased Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you have to say to that argument? Oh, oh not even argument, accusation. I just don't think you can say that 6,000 plus dietitians in Australia are, first of all, bought by big food because that's just ridiculous. We're evidence-based. Yeah. And second yeah. of all, Pete Evans, believe it or not, he's part of the food industry and he's part of big food. So he Absolutely. has paleo ready-made meals that you can buy in a supermarket he has paleo snacks paleo cookies he sells sauerkraut on his website he's even got a line of sauces and condiments like tomato chutney and mayonnaise that are supposedly coming out later this year so i guess mm, that sounds to me like you know mass-produced food yeah, I guess a good defense is a good offense or however that saying goes. On one hand, he's saying don't listen to dietitians and because they're bought out by big food and big food is evil, but please just ignore the fact that I'm part of big food. <laughs> I know, I was in the supermarket the other day and I looked at his recipe, like he had one of his plastic packaged ready meal dinners there because that's what cavemen eat, right? Like pre-packaged yeah. meals. Yep. The list of ingredients on the back, the, the, I mean, it was full of all the usual stuff that you see with processed foods, but it had sweet potato instead of actual potato. Yeah, and so not, not that we're saying like, that there's anything wrong with ready-made meals or preservatives or anything, but mm. it's a little bit hypocritical when you can, you can supposedly buy a ready-made meal that's paleo certified and that's going to be... Mm -hmm far more expensive than just you know, a home brand Woolies shepherd's pie that you can get that's ready made. Yeah, I think it was $14 versus eight bucks for Woolies. Oh. <laughs> and this is the other thing he touched on too. One of his arguments for intermittent fasting and paleo is that it's cheaper and easier. So you've set up this diet where everything is more expensive and then you're saying, oh, well, a really good way to make it cheaper is just to not eat. Oh, it's so gaslighting, isn't it? It's so... There's so many obvious flaws and holes and just loopholes in his arguments that it just doesn't make any sense to me or to anybody that I think I talk to about his rantings and ravings. But yeah. you know, obviously he does have a very big appeal to a very big audience because what he's selling is more than a diet. It's wellness. Like he's selling this promise of I can cure all. I can cure autism, cancer. I can cure Alzheimer's. I can. I can Look literally. Yeah, make everything bad in your life go away if you just do my really intense, weird diet. Yes. So yeah, that's the concerning thing with the wellness industry because you know I guess what you're saying is that this wellness industry is the diet industry. It's just diet industry 2.0. It's more damaging, more disordered. 
Yeah, it is. It's worse than dieting because at least, you know, with dieting, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but at least with dieting, all they're promising is you will lose weight. Well, they're not just promising that. They're promising that when you lose weight, you'll be sexy and attractive and acceptable and all that. But the main focus is on the weight loss. But with the wellness industry, they're focusing on you will get perfect health and you will get cures from all these illnesses and be protected from everything. So that's really dangerous because they're trying to cure all through their restrictive diet. And one of the like huge problems that happens with that is, I guess I'll tell a story of one of my clients that came to see me that, oh my gosh, this fired me up. So she was a new client and she came, she has a history with eating disorders, quite a long one, and she'd recovered and kind of gotten to a good place. She had pretty severe endometriosis, like very bad pain, and went to see a holistic practitioner for, for this, who she's been seeing her for over a year. This practitioner never referred her to a gynecologist, but it just recommended diet that was initially I think gluten-free and dairy-free and over the course of like 18 months this client had been just every time she went back complaining of worse pain the practitioner would recommend taking out another food group and then selling her more herbs so by the time this poor person came to me I've never seen anyone so decompensated from starvation. She was actually twitching with so much anxiety. She was terrified of food and her eating disorder had completely taken over. And she was actually really scared to go against the directions of the practitioner. It was really noticeable. It was almost like she was in a cult. So anyway, I sent this client to a GP who bulk bills and instantly referred to a gynecologist who diagnosed the endometriosis and she's booked in to have an operation which has a very strong chance of reducing her pain down to almost zero and she's suffered needlessly this is the thing that gets me so angry is because if that holistic practitioner had actually just done their job and referred this, this poor person could have not slipped back into their eating disorder could have saved themselves so much time, money and energy and just gone and had the surgery 12 months earlier instead of being dicked around. And Mm. this gets me really, really angry because I've had a similar client who has a very long history with eating disorders and went and saw a holistic practitioner. And what's similar between your client and my client is every time that they presented and they were in more pain or they were doing worse, they were put on more restrictive diets because... Mm it's not working or you're failing because you're not well. So I'm going to take something out, something else out, which is going to make you more unwell. But paradoxically, I'm expecting you to get better, if that makes sense. Mm, Yeah. It's really gaslighting the client and really placing a lot of unfair blame on the client and magical thinking process as well. Because if a practitioner simply cannot see a worsening of symptoms as possibly the intervention's fault, (laughs) That's a real worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it goes back to this. We do have very, very passionate cult. Let's just call them cults because that's okay, what I that's yeah. Diet tribes that are essentially cults. And mm-hmm. if you have practitioners that belong to cults, and we hope that this doesn't happen very often, but mm-hmm. if you believe that you belong to paleo or low-carb or intermittent fasting, 
then you're more likely to say, oh, well, this worked for me, so you need to go and do this and this will just fix all your problems. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work, then people can feel like their sense of identity is being attacked because it's a new religion, right? Belonging to a dark tribe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a really interesting book called The Gluten Lie, Alan Levinovitz, and he talks in that book about how wellness tribes are the new religion of this century. Like, as we become more secular, the, yeah. the health thing becomes more associated with the religiosity of times past. It's very interesting. But that tribe mentality that you see does not tolerate dissent and does not tolerate oh criticism or discussion and I guess a funny but it is a funny example of that is that the paleo Pete here in Australia has a Facebook page and he's so famous and so well known for blocking people who make anything remotely critical any critical comments about him whatsoever it's so if you go to his Facebook page and make a dissenting comment you'll be blocked almost immediately so and it Mm. happened to so many people that that another guy started a Facebook page called blocked by Pete Evans and it's almost as big as Pete Evans' page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Louise, you were just mentioning how you didn't even say something that was particularly inflammatory. You were just asking for evidence about something. Mm. And you yes, said you yeah. lasted 10 minutes, which yeah. people listening, that's actually quite a long time for the comment to stay up. Mm. The comment stayed up for 10 minutes and then you got blocked. Yeah. So that it's not even bagging the paleo way necessarily it's asking for evidence Mm. asking for more information questioning instant block yeah and that is the real concern isn't it if a tribe or a you know a group imagine that happened in science and i know i know science is not perfect no you know robust discussion and critical discussion is absolutely part of it and that refusal to discuss all it does is it silences people and it creates kind of echo chambers of positivity in the tribe which like as you say if you're doing this diet and it's not working or you're still dying of cancer or you still have alzheimer's then you feel like something's wrong because it seems like everyone else is just getting this glamorous recovery. Yeah, and this is where the figureheads will jump in and say, oh, well, you obviously need to be more restrictive. So if paleo is not working, you need to try a healing protocol of paleo. The exact name escapes me, but there's like autoimmune paleo. Is there really? Yeah, or you need to combine paleo with low-carb, high-fat, or you need to combine paleo with eating once a day. Mm because yeah Yeah, so it's the same pattern that we saw in our clients right you need to take it further yeah and whereas kind of your more traditional diets would say okay you're not sticking to it closely enough you're failing because you're not losing weight Mm -hmm. now we've really upped the ante and it's like Mm -hmm. you're not getting well so you need to do something about that and you need to make your diet more restrictive Mm. yeah it's hideous the combination of the diet industry and the wellness industry really it just ups the ante with judgment and blame no wonder people are suffering from orthorexia in such massive numbers and i really can't wait for the day where orthorexia makes it into the diagnostic criteria because i'm seeing it more and more but because it's seen as a good thing I'm just taking care of my health. I'm just concerned about my wellness. I'm concerned about getting cancer or diabetes. It's really hard for people who are in that space to take a step back and say, well, actually what I'm doing is really disordered. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's one of the characteristics of an eating disorder that 
particularly at first, the person doesn't have much insight. They don't think that what they're doing is particularly harmful to themselves or to yes. their body. Everybody else around them can usually see it but and feels concerned but there's quite a lot of attachment to the disorder when it takes hold and in orthorexia so for those who might not have heard the term before orthorexia is a form of eating disorder where the the desire isn't traditionally to lose weight but the desire is to be very healthy and to eat very healthily so traditional eating disorders the obsession is with thinness or smallness in orthorexia the obsession is more with healthiness but the same kind of driven and obsessive behaviours are observed. And like you say, it's very, very hard. It's hard enough to challenge someone in the early stages of an eating disorder and say, look, I'm concerned. But yeah. it's literally almost impossible in health and wellness world to challenge someone by saying, look, I think you've had a few too many green smoothies. <laughs> 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 yeah it really is and mm. for someone like I myself have a reformed hashtag clean eater which I'm <laughs> as a dietitian that quite embarrassed to admit that you don't when you're in the thick of it you don't realize what you're doing mm. and you don't realize how disordered you are until something has to get through to you so for me it was arguing with a stranger on the internet about whether bread was healthy or not and I just really sat up in my chair and I was like but it's just bread it's just, and that was the light bulb moment. I thought, oh, oh, Courtney, what are you doing? This, this is really healthy for you. I think you need to disengage from this because this is not healthy. Wow. So that's like somewhere inside you, you're like inner wisdom just popped up and said, whoa. Which I'm so I'm glad. Like, I'm arguing on the internet about bread. <laughs> about bread. <laughs> yeah. I was doing my undergrad. So here in Australia, most of the courses to be a dietitian you do a three-year undergrad degree and you qualify as a nutritionist and then you do a second degree and so you can qualify as a dietitian so it was halfway through that nutritionist degree where I thought you know I'm going to be the most healthy nutritionist out there you know the least disease risk the skinniest the fittest the all of these things and yeah it took arguing on the internet with a stranger about bread for me to sit up and say what the hell are you doing wow that's, that's amazing, that story. Yeah, and thank goodness. But, you know, there is some research about the rates of disordered eating in dietetics, and I can't remember, but the numbers were quite big. Um, I'll put it up on the show notes. Yeah. But the, the significant proportion of people studying nutrition and dietetic disordered, and you can see how it happens. Absolutely. Because, yeah, you obviously have an interest in something. Yeah. And it's very, it's a bit of a fine line, isn't it? Whether that interest crosses into obsession and like interesting the way you're putting, like, I'm going to be the healthiest nutritionist out there. I'm going to be, you know, that competitive perfectionistic drive. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. That's in a lot of people and really supported by our culture. Yeah. Like, and to a certain degree, the material, so some people will be able to consume the material without any problems at all. And I realise we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, but some people will sit there because there's quite a lot of quote unquote obesity crisis uh, that you recover. And so some people will internalise that and it will come out as disordered eating or suddenly going to the gym a lot more or being very, very Yeah, of course. Health, yeah. wellness. Yeah. With that amount of weight bias in your training, like especially if you don't have a great sense of your body image or what your body looks like, and especially I, think, I feel really particularly sad for people who are studying in larger bodies 
because it's literally so much harder and you can absolutely see how it happens but you see you somehow got out of it which is amazing and I I don't know how to be honest (laughs) I don't know how but I'm just glad I did yeah yeah but that's the hard thing is seeing what you're doing in the early stages and then being able to pull out and to get help and you know what getting help from the right people because if you go to I don't know say a naturopath or someone who might have their own weird ideas around food then your efforts to get better like I think I'm taking this a bit far might be met with well maybe you need to you know look at your gut microbiome (laughs) oh just heal your gut and that will (laughs) drink some bone broth and it'll heal your gut and you'll be better yeah it'll cure your eating disorder yeah. Yes. So, yep. yeah, I hope that the orthorexic category does make it into the DSM so that it can be sort of legitimized mm-hmm. as a this is what a modern eating disorder looks like. It might not be concerned for thinness, but it's a concern for health. And health obsession isn't health. No. And ironically, what you're doing is very unhealthy. Yeah. And, yeah. And particularly the pursuit for- of health is just as unhealthy as the pursuit of thinness. Yes. Yeah. Especially when it's taken too far. Yeah, yeah. If there's someone who's taken it too far, it's Pete Evans. Absolutely. And his enormous tribe. Yeah. So what's he actually saying in this article that you were spitting chips about? He's saying... Don't eat three meals a day. Don't eat three meals a day because that's just something that's been made up by the food industry. So you'll keep buying their products so that you'll stay fat and sick. And that he goes on to say that once you're fat adapted, which is some nonsense from the low carb, high fat stuff, you don't feel hungry anyway. You'll feel so much better. It's so much, this way of eating is so much better for these health conditions. Mm, mm. And how many references did he use in that article? Zero. Okay. (laughs) Zero. But interestingly, if you go onto his Facebook page and click on the about tab, he has a huge disclaimer saying that something like, even though he says stuff with such audacity and such confidence, it's really just his opinion. So that's how he gets around not needing to reference stuff. Mm. It's really just his opinion, even though he's putting it out very, very strongly, just Mm. an opinion. Uh, Yeah. It makes me ropeable because he's not in a, a regulated industry either he can say anything yeah yeah you couldn't yep. as a as a daa dietitian you can't go out there making grand promises and shrieking from the rooftops about the asparagus diet no you could you could, I, get I could but my own profession would say hey what are you doing that's not very ethical and then daa would probably come down and say you just need to keep within evidence-based guidelines thank you mm. and this is part of them you know obviously Pete has a very negative view of organized regulatory bodies like the DAA and they're not perfect because, you know, I do think there's a problem that with industry funding for bodies like that. So he does have, he does have a point, but it's it's not like, it's not like let's throw out absolutely everything about evidence-based medicine because they have relationships with food companies. Well, that circles back to diet culture, right? So black and white thinking, people are either all good or all bad. So Pete Evans and the Paleo Way is all good, therefore DIA and all dietitians have to be all bad. And that's just yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like cult thinking too, isn't it? Like you create the evil and then you can dismiss everything they say. Yes, because they're <laughs> evil. So therefore, anytime they come out and say something, unless it agrees with them, there are a few dietitians that, do align themselves that way and then 
Pete thinks the sun shines out of their bums. But for the most part, dietitians are evil, DIA is evil, therefore we can just discredit or discount and not pay any attention to everything that they say. Oh, honestly, one of the things that makes me like stay up at night, it's almost like the death of scientific thinking <laughs> and like just worship of popular ideas and what is going to happen if we don't start standing up against this. And there's some really interesting discussions happening between dietitians about how people are losing trust in the scientific method and scientists and facts and you know, we live in a post-truth world. Yeah, Trump's got elected. People like Pete Evans can give out medical advice, dietary advice over Facebook. So really, yeah. we don't stand up and say, because I think it's really important as health professionals that we call this out for what it is, which is very ordered ways of thinking and eating. Mm. And also just, it's actually just bullshit as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just bullshit. Yeah, it's, it's a cult of bullshit. Like the stuff he's saying... So, for example, about carbs, like what would be your take on carbs? Are they evil? Are they causing the autisms and the death fats and all of that kind of stuff? No, just no. It's (laughs) bullshit. It's just, okay, so your brain and your muscles predominantly run off carbs. Yeah. So they're not evil. Mm. They're just carbs. It's just bread. Okay. So I think it might have been Fiona Sutherland who says this to her clients, did it run over a puppy? (laughs) Because we're we're assigning kind of humanistic characteristics to our food. So paleo Mm. food is good. So Mm. it must have helped raise a lot of money for its local church, but the poor (laughs) little man over here must have run over a puppy and just left it to die because that's a really evil thing. But no, your body predominantly runs off carbs and it feels better when it runs off carbs. Yeah. People who follow very low-carb diets usually feel very tired, very foggy, very emotional and weepy. You get headaches. You just, if you're engaging in any sort of movement, you can expect that to feel like you're running through mud. So it's a lot harder because your body just isn't fueled to do extra movement. Yes. And that kind of reaction would usually be after that because I think a lot of people report in the initial stages of a diet regardless of what it is Mm. they feel a bit euphoric and they feel really energized and wide-eyed and quite good and that's actually just a starvation impact yeah I'm wondering if we can link to it in the show notes there's a really interesting article that the conversation put out a few months ago saying that feeling really light and energetic and euphoric is just your body's it's starvation mode. So it's your body adapting to not getting enough fuel. Yeah. It's like, so if you're in the desert and there's no food or water in the first few days, you're going to be like chock full of energy, like running to find that oasis. Like you Which won't need to Yeah. But yeah. well, it's adaptive. It's going to keep you alive, but this is what's yeah. happening. So people are like, Oh, I feel so good. And I'm so energetic. And they attribute it to the bone broth. And it's not, it's, it's actually not. because you're starving. The secondary thing that happens like a few days or a couple of weeks later is what you're talking about, the sluggishness and the fogginess and the lack of energy. And then, bam, along comes the wellness shark to say, you know what you need to do, take it up a notch, get rid of blah, blah, blah. Or just hang in there because it's your body detoxing. My favourites, your body's detoxing and it's just getting rid of all the toxins it doesn't need and that's why you feel bad. Not that you're starving and that, you know, if you just ate a piece of bread, you'd probably feel great. (laughs) It's these imaginary toxins are leaving your body. Yeah. So as a dietitian, your opinion on toxins is? They're bullshit. 
also. So unless you are very, very, very sick, in which case you'd be in hospital, your liver, kidneys, your lungs, even your skin to a degree are detoxing you, quote unquote, detoxing you 24 hours a day. Yeah. You don't need to be taking pills, potions. You don't need to be going on a detox diet. Toxins aren't building up in your liver or your gastrointestinal tract. That's a really common one that you need Mm -hmm. to take diuretics and laxative teas and things because plaques build up in your intestines, which is Mm -hmm. just bullshit. It's not supported by scientific evidence whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And you know, what you're saying is so good because it's evidence-based. But there's so much out there that would airily and breezily dismiss science (laughs) and then come up with another sciencey sounding way that we're toxifying and how we need to detoxify. The really terrible thing about this is that usually those people start off with just a smidgen of truth. So there will be just a smidgen of science to their argument. So Mm -hmm. that's loaded in the first part. So you're like, okay, this person knows what they're talking about. And then goes on the airy, fairy, breezy bullshit. And then they, they lose it into like woo land. Yeah. Yeah. What's an example of that? The alkaline diet is a really good example uh-huh. of that. So the alkaline diet will say that your body's pH changes quite rapidly depending on what you eat. And there yeah. are classic good foods, bad foods that you need to eat. And so the scientific, the kernel of scientific truth in there is that, yes, in some instances, your body's pH can change, but that's really just your urine. So your urine's pH <laughs> okay. can change. And so the whole basis of the diet is you need to go out and buy a urine sticks and pee on a stick to test your pH. Ew. That can change, yeah. That can change quite a lot depending on lots of things, eating mm. being one of them. But then airy-fairy bullshit is that because the pH in your urine is changing, therefore the pH in your blood is changing. And that's just not true. The pH Mm -hmm. in your blood is very, very tightly controlled. And if it were to stray out, so I think it's 7.35 to 7.45, so a Mm -hmm. tiny range. And if it strays out of that, you are very, very sick and you are very unwell and you need medical attention. Wow. And there's like heaps of books written on this, right? It's heaps. And it's bullshit. Absolutely bullshit. <laughs> wow. This has been a, just a fantastic conversation about, you know, a topic that really needs to get talked about more because we need so much pushback against people like this and wellness stuff, which is doing so much damage. And we really need to call it out as health we professionals. Need to call it. We, we, yeah, really as health professionals, we need to call it out, but also as consumers, if people are listening, if you're being told something by a wellness professional and you're not sure... Go and see a dietitian if it's about food rather than a naturopath or somebody because the dietetics profession is regulated and science-based, whereas, you know, all of these holistic naturopathic places are much less regulated. And if you're lost in woo land, you're not going to find answers from the woo people. No. And further to that, if you can go see a non-diet dietitian who's not going to pop you on a diet or say that well, <laughs> your body size is wrong, that's even yes, better. Yes. And you know, the awesome thing is in Australia, more and more dietitians are trained in the non-diet approach. Like we're up to, I think, a, a third of the profession in Australia have now gone through the non-diet approach training. So, Which is amazing. Oh, the it's, Fiona's, yeah. Fiona Sutherland and Fiona Will have done an amazing job in shaking up this profession in an evidence-based yeah. way. This is not a woo way. <laughs> not a woo way. Not at all. No. But evidence-based. 
<laughs> yeah, I think before we started recording, you mentioned a nice resource from a fellow dietitian who'd written about getting your health advice from social media and what to look out for. Yeah, so it's Nina Mills from What's to Eat, What's for Eat, sorry. And about a year ago, mindful eating and mindfulness was really being co-opted by the dieting industry. So she oh, wrote a fantastic, yeah. <laughs> she wrote yeah. a fantastic article and it's got this long list of things to be critical of if the article is saying this plus mindful eating. So I think mm. it's about applying so it's a great article, you should go and read it. It's about applying something similar to anything that you see kind of from a wellness or a health perspective. Oh, brilliant. That's what we need. We need like little guides and tip sheets and stuff to help yeah. us navigate like through, I guess it's, it's clear for me and might be clear for you because we have that science education. But if you don't yeah. have a science education, there's, there's easy ways that you can kind of learn to become a bit of a detective for diet culture. So I'll Absolutely. put that in the notes for sure. Yeah. Mm. And just, okay. just don't follow that shit. Just... Yeah. Yeah. If you want recipes and things, there are lots of other places that you can go where you're just going to get the food stuff, like taste.com.au or even Tasty. They're both really good Facebook pages. Yeah. As for the health stuff, do you really need to be surrounding yourself with that much health information? Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, thank you. That was the fabulous Courtney Farrow from No Green Smoothies doing just fantastic work down in Melbourne. And I hope you can really hear from that conversation just how intelligent she is and how much real lived experience of navigating health and wellness culture she has. She can be just such a force of good in this world and I'm really glad to know that she's out there and helping people learn the non-diet approach to dietetics in a wellness-obsessed world. So thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If there is anything that's getting you fired up about diet culture, please get in touch with us because, you know, as you might have surmised, I love a good rant about just about anything. So if there is something that's bugging you, send me an email at louise at untrapped.com.au and tell me about it and hopefully we can get a conversation going because I'm really enjoying this and I think it, it's necessary that we get a lot more pushback against diet culture happening, a lot more conversations, a lot more critical thinking. If you are interested in getting to know us more about our Untrapped program, please go to untrapped.com.au where you can find out more about exactly what we do there and how we can help you untrap from diet culture if you're struggling to. What I'm seeing in our lovely online community is a genuine process of change and it just hits me every day that I visit the Facebook group how it's kind of incredible that we're doing all of this online but I'm seeing shifts just like I do when I'm in a session with a human being in front of me and that's just incredibly exciting. I think sometimes people have hesitation about online programs, you know, how much change can really happen but it is happening. It is definitely happening and it just makes me really happy to know that the effort that's been put into creating Untrapped with all of the guides is paying off in like serious change. So untrapped.com.au if you're interested to come along and please join us and get on board. So I look forward to joining you next week. Oh, one more thing I must ask about is if you are enjoying the podcast and you subscribed, well, if you haven't subscribed, please do so you don't miss any. 
But if you have subscribed, please go to iTunes and give us a positive rating and review so that our rankings can improve and more and more people can find us and get fired up and ranty as well. Okay, so next week I will be back with really fascinating episode all about diet culture and all of its bullshit. In the meantime, trust no one, think critically, push back against diet culture, untrap from the crap. 